you've done for me. those of you that are here with us in person and those of you who are watching this online uh, we have come here to meet with a good and gracious God and uh, this morning we're going to focus on the mercy that he bestows upon us I'd like you just to take a minute to uh, just have a moment of silence here to think about uh, reflect on what we're here for we're here to bring honor and glory to God and, and in interact with God um, and then we'll sing a couple songs We do invite you to stand and uh, join us in whatever way works best for you as we continue to worship. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. 
streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above praise the mountain fixed upon it mount of god's
this morning and then we're going to do something special with our kids that we're going to start doing every week as they head off to children, children's ministries. So if you will join me in prayer this morning. God, we need you. You are the creator of life. You are the sustainer of life. God, you're the one who keeps us going. You're the one who gives us strength for each day, patience to put up with the day and you are the God of hope. You are a God who forgives a God who is patient and merciful. You're a God who stays committed in relationship to us. 
even though sometimes, Lord, we are not committed to you. And actually, Lord, as I think about myself, each and every day I show the lack of commitment. And yet, God, your faithfulness is what endures. Your forgiveness is what is real and true. Your life is my life, is our life. So that may that be so today. God, as we think about um, Heart Awake in this family of believers, we're one of many families of believers that are ultimately part of your one family, the church. Uh, the church looks like so many different um, things and ways and because we are made up of so many people from so many corners of the earth, from so many places, from so many backgrounds with Lord, so many unique nuances and textures. And yet, the truth is, we are joined together by the Holy Spirit. We are one church, one body, in which Jesus, you are the King. You are our Savior, you are the Lord, you are the head of that body. And so, God, uh, thank you for that. Thank you that we're not alone as members of your body here. We're a part of a bigger story, a bigger people. But as we think about this community here at Watershed this morning, Fusion, Celebration, Hardawike, uh, there are a lot of folks who are dealing with issues that we're aware of. We think about our, our brother Pete as he's continuing to deal with chemo treatments. And Lord, um, we just we keep praying that you would strengthen him and Shar. Lord, that you bring healing to his body, that you would give them peace. Lord, that the minim there, there would be minimal side effects to the chemotherapy he's dealing with. God, as we think about some of our friends in celebration, our brothers and sisters there, we think about Jerry Baucamp as he's dealing with COVID, as many are in our Ottawa County, in this particular county and area, but certainly across this country and also across the world. Uh, we pray for healing and restoration for strength. For Joan Essenberg, Lord, is she's supposed to have a back surgery, and because of all of the rise in COVID cases, Lord, she's not able to right now. And so, God, um, relieve the pain that she's having to deal with each and every day uh, that this surgery is supposed to help with. And so, uh, Lord, extend your, your grace and your love to her. For Jim Ronda, as he continues to deal with pancreatic cancer, Lord, uh, God, sustain him, hold him, heal him, Lord, and, and we just, again, continue to lift up them, Lord. We think about our fusion community, we think about the Kikenvelds and the passing of Aaron's grandfather, and, and Lord, um, it just seems like as, as we face those hurdles and, and we're limited in the amount of people who can gather, it makes it harder to grieve together, it makes it harder to have those moments where we can celebrate family members and friends' lives, and, and so just bring your, your grace and your compassion to them, Lord, comfort their hearts. Lord, we think about Laurel doctors, she's had to deal with COVID as well, and, and we pray for just a continued healing. We thank you that she's um, just being able to be back home after dealing, being in the hospital uh, due to it. Father, these are just some of the needs in our, our community, and uh, there are many more that we each carry uh, in the quiet. Everything from just being really stressed out 
<laughs> to, to being worn out, to not having answers to some questions and wonderings, not knowing what the next day will bring. Lord, continue to grant us your peace and your strength. Lord, we also just want to make sure that we're celebrating too, that we're giving thanks for the good things that we, we have and can do. Lord, that we can be worshiping still together this morning, um, both in person and, Lord, by the use of technology virtually. That even though we may not always be together, we are joined together by your Spirit. So thank you for that gift. Lord, as we're about ready to bless our, our kids and, and, and they learn and grow, thank you for our children and thank you for the, the light and the life they bring. Thank you for the resilience they have and how that can encourage us. And, and Lord, we just are, are grateful. I'm grateful for kids today. I'm grateful for rain, uh, even though I, I know it's cold and in the 40s and 40s and rain just don't seem to add up sometimes. But it's a reminder that you... you bring life to the earth. You provide what is needed. Lord, these are just some of our prayers this morning that we offer to you. We thank you that we can talk to you. We thank you that we can be together again to worship you. We thank you that, Lord, we can learn from your word, both young and small, and we pray by your spirit you would teach us, lead us, and guide us today. God, we pray these prayers and many more in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And all God's children said, amen. Children who are getting ready to go, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you'll stand up a second, I want to share a, a blessing. And a blessing are just encouraging words. These are truths for you. So, so I got my friends, and then I'm going to send you with Miss Lori. So this is new for us, right? We used to congregate and pray for you. So this is something special, though, for, for our kids and, and big kids, too. This can be something special for you. But I want to give you this blessing. My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You can go meet Miss Lori, okay? It's clear. And I'll clear the way. You can, I'll move the, move the, the rolling pulpit platform. And that's our prayer, too, is that we can continue to grow in grace. Yeah. Sometimes that's just life, isn't it? <laughs> I'll try not to take that personally. I know I'm going to preach. Oh. <laughs> no, I pray that we can grow in God's grace this morning. We're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about his unmerited favor, and we're going to talk about his mercy this morning. God's patience for us, because that's where we are in Daniel today. We have two more weeks of our fall series in Daniel where we have talked about and a living in, as the Israelites did in the time of Daniel, they were living in exile. They were living in a land that wasn't their home. And, and this was due to God's punishment for their continual sin over and over. We're talking centuries of sin. We're going to hear this morning um, some of what that story was uh, in, in the book of Jeremiah. So, yep, we're Daniel, Jeremiah, some Old Testament books. But in this time, God didn't just let them go. God shown, showed up in a place that wasn't their home. God showed up in a place that they least expected it and continued to show his goodness. And, and that's been the message of Daniel for us, is that we can begin to not just not question that God is here with us, but we can, we can, we can make that declaration that God is here. 
And I don't know about you, but I continue to need that as we deal with what's going on in our country, in our world. We continue to deal with illness, not, not just, folks, COVID. We still battle cancer. We still experience death through nat- other natural causes and unnatural ones in tragic ways. We still deal with politics and, and wrestling back and forth. We, we still deal with life and stress and jobs. Amen? And the hope in this whole series, though, is the reminder. God is here, too. Right? That we never forget that. And Daniel is an example for us. Daniel 9 is where we're going to be this morning. And, and we're going to get to hear a prayer he prays. But before we do that, I just want to ask this question. Why is it hard to take responsibility for our junk? Right? How, how many of you have ever said, I'm sorry, but. Anybody guilty of this one? Right? I'm sorry, but you provoked me. Right? I'm, I'm not really sorry, but you provoked me. Right? I'm sorry, but I like this one. This is definitely me. And, and you're going to be like, oh, I feel sorry for your life. I'm sorry, but you were wrong. <laughs> right? I like to be right. And um, sure, I, I know I'm supposed to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but really you were wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you crossed the line. I'm sorry, but you asked for it. I'm sorry, but I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry, but. Right? Taking responsibility for the junk in our lives, it, it, it's a challenge. It's a difficulty. It's, it, it's something that I know as I, I, I'm just thinking for myself here, maybe you're like me, but I know if I'm actually having to be sorry, I have to look at myself in the mirror. Right? I actually have to look at what is the junk that is in my life, the mistakes that I make. I actually have to, to see and not rationalize. It's tough. It's, it's tough to take responsibility. Not only that, to take responsibility for ourselves, but we'll see today, take responsibility for a bigger corporate responsibility that we, things we may be a part of. But I think what we're going to see today is that the good news is when we do, that journey of taking responsibility for our mistakes will actually begin to allow us to see God's goodness, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, and his mercy. Because we won't see those things if we don't actually get honest with ourselves, will we? I won't understand God's forgiveness and his mercy for me if I don't understand my need for it. Right? You hear what I'm saying? Like, if I can't be honest with myself, I won't actually see an honest picture of God. And that's what Daniel's going to help us see. Right? We're going to deal with the tension where it says that that is taking responsibility whoops, for our sin. I, I talk too much with my hands and I'm hitting the, the clicker. <laughs> right? Taking responsibility. But the good news is that God is faithful in his relationship with us offering renewal and restoration. So we're going to turn to Daniel 9 this morning. We're going to read the first part of this. This is his prayer we're going to hear. We're not going to actually, we're going to take a break from a vision. He does have a vision. We'll touch on what that vision is for, um, but we're, we're not going to read a vision today. Next week we get Daniel's 10 through 12, so plan on being here for about three quarters of the day. And uh, no, no, we're going to try to bring that in. <laughs> uh, we'll deal with some more visions next week, but I want us to hear Daniel's prayer this morning as he 
kind of represents us. So Daniel 9, starting in verse 1, let's hear God's word together this morning. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, let me just pause and then I'll keep reading, but remember now Babylon has been laid to waste. The Medes and the Persians have taken over. So historically, Darius is one of the the Mede and Persian kings now. This is, this is an important moment for us to realize. Belshazzar was king of Babylon, got over, overrun, and Darius is now king. So in the first year, I, Daniel, verse 2, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting, in sackcloth and ashes. So not only was he praying and saying words, but he was physically <laughs> repenting and showing the need for God's mercy. So I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned. We have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you're righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of your unfaithfulness, or because of our unfaithfulness, not your, because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. I just want to say that again. You you hear that? Because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful, verse 9. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Let me read that one more time. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem, just as it was written in the law of Moses. All this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Verse 14, the Lord did not hesitate to bring this disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does. Yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned. We have done wrong. 
Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear our God and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, because we are right, but because of your great mercy. So Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your great name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First thing that I want us to see this morning is that Daniel, the beginning of this prayer, beginning of verse or chapter 9, we, we see that he has an encounter with God. How does he encounter God? Well, it's through the scriptures. Verse 2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood, there's your highlight, right? Understood from where? The scriptures. He's doing a little Bible study. Daniel, in, in, in a land of the, where he is exiled, in a land where he didn't belong, where is he going? He's going to the Scriptures. He's going to God's Word. Right? He understood from the Scriptures according to the Word of the Lord because he knew that that's where you meet God. You can meet God in reading His Word. That not only do the Scriptures reveal God, but they reveal to us the reality about life as well. As he reads, he's doing a little Bible study about Jeremiah, right? The word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. So we know what he's been reading. He's been diving into Jeremiah the prophet. That this desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. When Darius comes into play, 70 years of exile is now about up. And he's reading and he's going, wait a second. I've been here for nearly 70 years. And he's reading the word. Anybody, have you ever read the Bible and been like, wait a second, this really relates to me. <laughs> right? Kind of one of those aha moments, right? Daniel has a little aha moment. He encounters God in this. And, and we see in his prayer, I prayed to the Lord and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commands. Right, that is, he's looking at Jeremiah as he's studying the word. Not only is he seeing, yes, the scriptures, but he's seeing this great and awesome God who goes, wait a second, you promised that at 70 years, something's going to take place. So as he's studying, as he, he's looking, he's, he's going, something's going on inside of him. The 70 years, something's adding up. So let's look at Jeremiah on what he may have been reading a moment. Okay, let's, let's peer. We, because we get the book of Jeremiah, we actually get to know a little of what Daniel, centuries ago, was studying. How cool is that? Like, we can do a little Bible study on what he was doing a Bible study in. Jeremiah 25 is one of the texts that talk about this 70 years. So, so let's hear about that. It's Jeremiah 25, starting in verse 2. So Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people of Judah and to all those living in Jerusalem, for 23 years, okay, think about it, 23 years, some of you still have, if you doubled your age, you're still not to 23. Other, others of us, you go, that's half our age. Some of us may be going, well, that's a third. 
23 years is a long time. For 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, who was a king, right, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord has come to me and I've spoken to you again and again. But here's the highlighted section, right? Pay attention to this. But you have not listened. Jeremiah's been preaching for 23 years and the people haven't listened to what God had to say through him. But you haven't listened. And though the Lord has sent all his servants, the prophets, to you again and again, you have not listened or paid attention. So I've preached for 23 years. And by the way, we had a lot of other prophets coming to you, which actually now goes to about centuries, by the way. <laughs> Hundreds of years. Jeremiah is saying, you haven't listened. You haven't paid attention to what God's been trying to tell you. You've had a chance to encounter God through these prophets, but you are missing the boat. Right? They said, this is what Jeremiah says, they said, turn now. That's what it means to repent. To turn, to change. Change the way we think. Change how we're living by what we think. Change the story we're a part of. But, but stop going this way when you need to be going this way. He's saying, Turn now, each of you, from your evil ways and your evil practices, and here's the promise. And you can stay. Despite centuries of disobedience, despite 23 years of my preaching to you, Jeremiah says, if you turn, you can stay. That's simple. Right? Don't touch the stove. It will burn you. So don't touch the stove. Right? Like, it, it, it is something like that's that simple. And yet... What happens? Right? Six, don't, I, I'm going to jump down a little bit. Verse six, don't follow other gods, right? Serve or worship them. Don't arouse my anger with what your hands have made. Then I will not harm you. Right? I won't discipline you. Verse seven, but you did not listen to me. Right? Daniel's reading this and going, we are here today because my ancestors, my friends, my family haven't turned. By the way, before he came to Babylon, he was still a young man, so he was part of that community that didn't turn. And he's going, oh. God says, you didn't listen to me, and you've aroused my anger with what your hands have made and brought harm upon yourself. Right? We're here, Daniel's saying, as he's reading this, I, I, we're here today the word is revealing to, to me and to us that we're here because we couldn't stop doing what we were doing. That in encountering this great and awesome God who is always faithful to us, the reality is we haven't been faithful to him. Just a few verses later in verse 12. But when 70 years are fulfilled, right, you're going to get 70 years of exile because of this disobedience. I will punish the king of Babylon and his nation, the land of the Babylonians, for their guilt, declares the Lord, and will make it desolate forever. Right? That's what sparks Daniel's mind this morning of like, oh, hey, 70 years. This is kind of, we're coming to it. Belshazzar is gone. Darius is here. Man, God might actually restore us for our mistakes. Jeremiah 29, 10, we've been bringing that passage up throughout this series at different times. Right, verse 10, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Right, as Daniel's encountering God in Jeremiah, 
through the scriptures, he's realizing this God who has has been in relationship with his people, continues to be in relationship with his people, and is faithful, and yet has brought them to this place because of their continued unfaithfulness. They've continued to act and be like God isn't their God while they are his people. And as he studies the word, he understands what? The need for repentance. The need that we heard in Jeremiah 25. To turn. You didn't turn. You didn't listen. Verse 3 of Daniel 9. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting in sackcloth and ashes. Right? Daniel understood when Solomon, the King Solomon, first dedicated the temple in Jerusalem. In 1 Kings 8, he made a pretty matter-of-fact statement. He says, God, and when your people sin, for everybody sins. As he's standing there, and he goes, listen, we're worshiping you, God, but when your people sin, when they neglect you, for everybody does, right? Daniel understands this. He knows himself to be one of the people, not, Lord, pray for them because they screwed it up for all of us. He prays we, not simply me, not just them, right? He says we. I turned to God and pleaded with him. Why? Verse 5, we have sinned. Right? He sees himself in the story. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors, to all the people of the land. Right? We have not. If God's going to restore us, he knows the vehicle to do that is repentance. Our repentance Understanding his faithfulness and our unfaithfulness. And Daniel sees himself as representative of God to the people. By now, he's been, as a leader, in, right? We've heard throughout the story of Daniel that he's been risen up to leadership, hasn't he? Right? And, and, and he knows that to the Israelites who were in exile, everyone was pointing to him going, hey, he's one of us. Right? How many of you, you have ever had that maybe when, when somebody who you've worked alongside of gets raised up to manager and then like kind of gets raised up to maybe the executive team and you're like, yeah, see, they're one of us, right? Or what the point of student council is in, 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 class, in, your, in middle school and high school. Hey, see, one of us is there helping make decisions. Right? Somebody like me. Daniel knows that he was a leader of the people in this foreign land. And so what does he do as a leader? He doesn't blame somebody else. He doesn't shift responsibility. He actually goes, then here's what a leader does. We have done wrong. I'm going to be the first one to bend the knee. Follow my example. I'm going to be the first one to turn. God, we've made a mistake. He knows in Jeremiah 29 what's said in verses 12 and 13 that we'll call on God. Then you will call on me, come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. God listens. But we're going to come and call on him and pray to him. And, And that God says this, you'll seek me and find me when you what? Seek me with all of your heart. Not just part of it. But when we go, God, we need you. We sang that this morning. Lord, I need you. 
right? We, we see who God is, a God who is great and awesome, a God who is in covenant with us, who is faithful to us, and yet the reality is part of our story is unfaithfulness. Daniel recognizes this as a representative of God's people. He puts his face to the ground and he says, Lord, we know we have been unfaithful. So again, I want to jump back to that first question that we, why is it so hard then? I mean, if this is the reality, why is it so hard? Why, why do we hear in J- Jeremiah 25, why do we hear in, J- like, to, why is it so hard to listen, right? To, to, to pay attention, to repent, to turn. Why is it so hard to take responsibility for the sin in our lives? Then on top of that, I'll take it a step further. Why is it so hard to take responsibility for corporate sin? To see ourselves as part of a bigger community with larger problems. Right? Daniel and all of his faithfulness, he could have pointed a finger, but he says, no, I'm actually one of you. I am part of it all. I'm not separated from it. Something to think about, reflect on. Why is it hard in your life to repent, to take responsibility? Remember, though, I said the good news is that God is faithful, right? The story isn't just simply about our unfaithfulness. It's, it's a story about God and his faithfulness. Daniel knows that God forgives and restores. What enables him to pray this prayer of repentance, what enables him to put his face to the ground to wear sackcloth and ashes to say, Lord, we have sinned, we have made mistakes, is because as Scripture has shown him the reality of life, it has also shown him clearly the reality of who God is in Jeremiah. We know this in Daniel 9. What does he say? I repeated it as we read. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. That that's the story of who God is. In the midst of unfaithfulness, he's faithful. He's merciful. He doesn't dole out punishment. He doesn't strike us with lightning bolts <laughs> the minute we've screwed up. He forgives. This is why he can confess. This is why we can confess because we know that God is ready to forgive, ready to restore. So give ear, our God, verse 18, and hear, open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make these requests because we are righteous, or does he say, but because of your great mercy. I don't make the requests because I somehow have it all together. Man, if I wait for that to happen, I'm never going to (laughs) pray. I'm never going to ask. No, we make these requests because, God, we trust that you're merciful. Jeremiah 29, verse 14. And I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. What does he believe? Not only that God is merciful and forgives, but he he believes and knows that God will restore. In his Bible study of Jeremiah, he hears God say this, and will bring you back from captivity. I'll gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you. Yes, I have punished you. I've disciplined you. But man, I'm bringing you back, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Right, that God is the God who not only forgives and shows mercy, but God is the God who restores. This is why we can have confidence. This is why we can say and take responsibility for the messes we make, for the things, mistakes we, uh, we, we, we contribute to, we, we do, we, we make in our lives. 
This is why we can confess to corporate sins we're a part of we don't even realize the depth of. Because we know that we have a God who forgives, stands ready, not only to forgive, but to restore us. And that becomes then the ending vision in Daniel 9. There's 70 sevens that that Daniel gets to see. As soon as he's done praying, God sends a vision to encourage him. And the angel Gabriel speaks to him. I want to sum up this vision in one verse. That the point of this vision was, was this, that 77s are decreed for your people and your holy city to what? Finish transgression. That transgressions will come to an end. To put an end to sin. To atone for wickedness. That sacrifices would be made for that wickedness. To bring an everlasting righteousness. To seal up the vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy place. This is speaking to Daniel. It's encouraging him. It's speaking to 2nd century B.C. Israelites saying, by the way, there's going to come a day where all of this sin and wickedness, where, where every mistake we make, every problem we've created, everything we've taken part of that knowingly and unknowingly is going to be made right. They didn't know it was going to be Jesus yet. We do getting to look back. And so that vision became as an encouragement to again remind Daniel that God will restore. Not only will he restore his people to Jerusalem, but he's going to restore in even greater ways. And we know that restoration comes in Christ. And that that restoration will continue to come when he comes finally and fully. Paul, a follower of Jesus, says this in 2 Corinthians. This is how we know this to be true. All this is from God who has what? Reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. God has restored us ultimately to himself. That God was reconciling, righting the world to himself in Christ, not what? Counting people's sins against them. That's the character and quality of the God we serve. That's the character and quality that Daniel relied on. That God doesn't count our sins against us in Christ Jesus. And he's committed that same message of reconciliation to us to give to the world. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Listen to verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Right? Daniel, as a representative of the people, puts on ashes and sackcloth, and he represents the people and seeks forgiveness. But we have an even greater representative who would take, not say we, God, he would say, God, me. He would take all of the sin of the world and he would take that upon himself and say, God, don't judge them, judge me. So God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, what? We might become the righteousness of God. In his great mercy and faithfulness, he would restore us. We ask for forgiveness, we repent Because we know we have a covenantal, faithful God who seeks to restore us, not annihilate us. Who seeks to bring us back to him. Who seeks to restore relationships between one another. And this is a message we carry. This is the good news that we share. 
It's not dependent upon how many times we pray and say, Lord, forgive me. Yes, it is important to say, Lord, forgive me. Don't hear me wrong in that. But it isn't dependent upon my goodness. It's dependent upon Christ. I lean on him. I rest on him. I put my hope in him. That's where I rest. That's where I hope. And in that, then, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, Lord, I have sinned. I can say it time and time again. I can understand each and every day, Lord, I miss the way. Lord, I understand I'm part of groups of people that make mistakes. I'm part of systems that make mistakes. Lord, yes, forgive me because I know God is quick to forgive. God is quick to restore. So my final question for us this morning is this. How does knowing that God has reconciled us to himself, restoring and renewing us, impact how you live and share life with others? Because not only have we received this, but we are Christ's ambassadors to share his reconciliation with those around us and in this world. Let's pray. God, thank you for this prayer of Daniel and how he can be a representative for us of what it means to take responsibility. Thank you, God, that as we study the scriptures, as we listen to the scriptures, we can become aware of who you are. Lord, thank you that you send prophets, you send your word. Thank you that you make us aware of the brokenness because you don't want us to be bound by it. You don't want it to define who we are. You want to free us from it and restore us into relationship with you and into relationship with one another. That's why you reveal it to us. So that we don't stay stuck or lost, hopeless or alone. That because of your grace, your mercy, your faithfulness, we can actually say, Lord, I screwed up. Father, help us each be able to Have the courage to say that, to, like Daniel, confess our sin, no matter how great or how small they are before you, trusting in who you are, not in who we are. And then, Lord, restore us. Restore each of us in spite of the mistakes. Restore us because of your mercy. Not because we're righteous, because you are. So Lord, forgive us and heal us. Restore your hope and your life over and over again. And may we be people who carry that news, that good news, that we show it, we, we model it, we, we share it with those we encounter each and every day. Thank you for becoming sin for us so that we might be made right before you. God, it's in your name we pray. All God's children said, amen. We invite you to stand one more time.
can you pull back uh, to slide Heal My Heart? Um, and kind of just want us to see the words we, we just sang. Heal My Heart. We're almost there. One more, I think. There we go. Thank you. Look at these words. This was our song. I mean, this is, I, I don't know if I could wrap up this message any better than these words. Lord, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to things unseen. And then in that, show me how to love like you have loved me. The world needs us to love in the way that God loves us. It doesn't need judgment and condemnation. It needs grace and mercy and people committed to them as much as God has been committed to us. Yes, break my heart for, the, for what breaks yours. Not only in my life, in this society, but also in others too. But everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth into eternity. Right? God is renewing and restoring. We can say, God, forgive me. Because we trust in a God who does. And that's good news, not only for us today, but a world desperately in need of love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and life. Go now with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Go in peace.